Voice Memos podcast with Jen and Myron. Hey, welcome to Voice Memos. I am Myron Clifton and my co-host is Jennifer. So Jennifer is a wonderful lady. She's originally from Wisconsin, now in California, flaming redhead with a beautiful big old dog named Mojito that I call Beast. She's a great sister, daughter, and a great friend. And uh, she is my co-host. Hey, Jennifer. Hello, hello. So nice that we're recording this because I get to save this and hear this over and over again, the compliments that you gave me. So I lied. <laughs> this is my friend and probably my bestest friend. I've known Myron over 20 years. He is a published author. He is an amazing writer, highly intelligent. And one thing that I can really tell you about him that stands out is how he raises his daughter, Leah. Uh, thanks for coming today. How does that sound? Okay, that sounds a little better. You don't have yeah. a, you don't, you're not like a 12 year old with a retainer <laughs> <laughs> and your headgear and shit. <laughs> you know what? When, when Leah, my daughter, had uh, she wore braces for a couple of years, and every now and then, you know, I just had to bully her. Like, <laughs> I would just start like talking like this, like I got braces in my mouth. <laughs> You know what? I did that with my mom, too. She had this retainer, and I was like, gosh, come here, guys. Come and look at my car collection. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I had, um, so I had Invisalign as an adult, and I went to Mexico with some friends or with a girlfriend, and we were laying by the pool all day. I mean, we were soaking up the sun. I was drinking mojitos. And in Mexico, they at the time that I went, they didn't have big pieces of leaves. They were mint that was ground up. So they almost oh. looked a little bit bigger than like pepper pieces. But um, mm -hmm. I am literally talking to people, laying down in the sun, got my hands on my, my head on my hands and my butts up in the air. And I'm just talking to people walking by. And I, I think my girlfriend and I are about three hours into it. I said, you know, we should probably get up, put more sunblock on. And she goes to, she looks at me and she says, what the fuck is in your mouth? So all <laughs> the leaves of the mojito were stuck in my Invisalign. <laughs> <laughs> they were, it looked like, it looked like I had speckled green all in my teeth and that was for i mean we were out there for a long time <laughs> how but how long were you like that before anybody said anything i mean it was about three hours so i'm talking to strangers <laughs> i'm ordering drinks. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of the time um when i used to work at verizon and i had to go to a meeting in uh laguna so I get up early and the meeting started at like eight. So I get up early one morning. I go to the airport for like this five or six o'clock flight or whatever it is. And I was married at the time. And um, I fly down to Laguna. I get in the car to take me to the meeting. I get to the meeting and it's like it's a big like presentation type meeting. And so I sat through, you know, the morning presentations 
we had lunch inside and then I was one of the afternoon presenters. I do the presentation. I rush out at about 4 p.m. to go um, catch my like 5.30 flight. I get to the airport, I get in, I get my seat, I'm on the plane, I take off, I'm thinking it's been a great day. And the person next to me says, hey, there's some hair in your hair. And I I reach over my eye and I've been feeling something in my eye like a little bit throughout the day. And as you know, my ex-wife had this long, bushy, curly hair and it was a piece of her hair on top of my head dangling in my eye. <laughs> For those of the people who don't know, you don't have much hair on your head. I have no hair. <laughs> <laughs> so all day, all day, all the way flying there, the meeting all day, lunch, the presentation, all that, all the way back to the airport. And then someone told me. <laughs> Why are people so afraid to say something? I mean, I had a conversation oh, with someone at work. They had the worst breath. And I, I mean, maybe I don't have the I don't have the strongest delivery. Sometimes I don't know how to filter. And I just said, it's a good thing that I'm not wearing fake eyelashes because the glue would have melted. (laughs) 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 And man, I was like, we have a good dental program. We should really start using it. So I have no problem. A lot of people are uncomfortable telling you you have something on your head or in your teeth or on your face. You know what? I have a story about that. Another story about that. So and I know you remember this because we're about the 10 or 15 year anniversary. Oh, no. Uh, one of the greatest, most terrible events in our work history. So we used to work with a guy who had um, f- the worst breath. Like he just had the worst breath and everybody knew. Like it was a steady, uh, it was a very consistent conversation that people would just have. Like month after month. And he was just... He was a great guy in all the ways, right? But his breath was just, he was like that little, um, uh, that little Charlie Brown uh, pig pen. He was like pig pen <laughs> in Charlie, the Charlie Brown cartoons, but it was his breath and it just would clear the room. And finally, you know, a bunch of people said to me that I needed to say something. I needed to do something about it. Now, I really don't like conflict. <laughs> no. And so, and so instead of being like, taking instead of doing the right thing and pulling him aside you know with empathy and explaining to him i wrote a little note on the sticky pad <laughs> in your own writing <laughs> in my in my own writing and i just i just snuck over to his desk one day when he wasn't there and i just slapped it down on his desk and said <laughs> hey your breath is really off when everyone's talking about it please do something <laughs> <laughs> but What's the, what is the, um, what is is the kicker of that story is that (laughs) you, he gave that, he showed that note to one of the guys. So not me, but the guy. (laughs) Yeah. The guy shows in the sake of this conversation, Chuck shows the note to one of his peers that we both love and adore. She's amazing. For the sake of this conversation, her name is Mary. She automatically, <laughs> he says, look at this note. And without even reading it, she said, oh yeah, that's Myron's handwriting. <laughs> she, she blew my cover in about two seconds flat. Like, oh my God, what are you doing? 
the best story because she didn't even read it. She just saw the writing and it didn't translate. Oh my God. One of that is the best full circle karma story coming back around that I've ever heard. <laughs> she never even looked, she never even read like nothing. She just read, oh yeah, that's my <laughs> Shit. Oh my God. So I was just, uh, before we got on this call, <clears throat> you know, my brother tells me that TikTok is for, for younger folk. And of course I don't always listen to that. So I was on TikTok and I saw this, I think she might be an influencer for fitness. Maybe, I don't know, but she put this recipe together for this fruit dip. And when I tell you, I have never tasted something so good. It is two ingredients. It is a dairy-free vegan um, whipped cream. So I used, in this case, I used so delicious cocoa whip and a vegan yogurt. And, and I used a high protein yogurt, vanilla, and mix it together. It is like eating a bowl of ice cream, let me tell you. So if really? you ever need anything for your fruit, you want to dip it in, two ingredients, the best thing ever. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so... so so you know what? That's one of the things we should put on our like you know what I need to, you know what I need to create? I need to create a Twitter handle just for our show. Oh yeah. Because then we could put that, we could put our pictures, we could put links to things, and we can interact with our listeners right there on. So you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna have that as a takeaway, as, as right. I used to say. That's one of my action items. That's right. <laughs> yes, because it'd be good to see that recipe because, you know, we've talked about different vegan meals and treats and specials on the call because you are vegan. I am not. And I think it's really good. We can um, have equal footing. And, and I could talk about some things that I may like. But I also think because sometimes veganism gets misconstrued in the general public that it'd be cool to get some of your tips and tricks and recipes and things like that. I think if we had that, if I had that site, we could start putting some things up. I love that. And you know, it's funny because you're right. Sometimes you have a lot of, there are some instances in which a vegan is always on this, you know, soapbox and, you know, throwing information in people's face. And then what people normally think is that if I go vegan, I have to be the same way. So I'm right. super sensitive to, you know, if somebody wants information, I don't want to throw it down their face. If they, Hey, I have this recipe. Do you think I can do it vegan? I'm more than happy to do that. I, you know, we, last week we talked about the Kardashians and this week I saw that Courtney, because she dates, um, the guy from Blink 182, Travis Barker, and he is pure. He's been a vegan for many, many years. Like everything, no matter where he goes, everything's vegan. Much respect because okay. you know he doesn't put it everywhere that he's vegan. And they collaborated with Daring, um, which is a plant-based chicken. Um, and when I say chicken, it's in air quotes because it's spelt with a without the C at, at, at the second C. So what I'm really a little disappointed in is that. That daring chicken isn't that great. It's not really that oh, really? good. And she has a large um, audience, and so does Travis. And I'm concerned, legitimately concerned, that people are going to be like, "Oh, Courtney's doing it, and Travis is doing it, so I'm going to do it." And then they try this for the first time, and it's not what they think it is. So, really? yeah, I mean, 
you can make it different ways. They have different flavors. I've tried it a couple times. Uh, it would be a worst case scenario for me because Morningstar makes the best um, chicken strips out of soy protein. They are they are phenomenal. Kiss kiss uh, chef kiss. And so oh. I was thinking about that this week. I was talking to another fellow girlfriend of mine that is also vegan. And I was telling her, man, with such an audience that big, you know, because Kim did the Beyond. She's working as a yeah. chief like taster or something for Beyond. And I love me some Beyond. All their products really? are really, really phenomenal. This product, I am not sold on. And it could just be me. And I'm hoping that it doesn't turn people off that try it. That, oh, my God, all vegan food tastes like this. Because that's not the case. Yeah. You know, I had those vegan tacos with you. They were good. Mm, I love it. There's so many. You can make anything. So if you like pizza, you can make a vegan pizza. If you like hot dogs, there's vegan hot dogs. So it's nice because I know 20 years ago, talking to vegans that are have been doing it most of their life, they didn't have these types of choices. And so I think I think companies are more focused on the impact of the environment per se. And that's why they're making the shift because it's really hard to have a conversation of what happens to animals and what what the farming industry does to animals in order to keep up with production that a lot of people don't want to see it. They'd rather remain, um, you know, no peripheral, just stay focused. I don't want to know what's going on. What I don't know won't hurt me type of thing. So plant-based companies like daring and, or beyond or impossible more so put the effort around the environment and how not utilizing you know, the agriculture or farming to, to, to put food on your table. So it's an interesting thing because people do not want to hear what happens to those animals. It's kind of sad. Hey, um, how are you feeling with your COVID? You know what? I mean, I just started getting my taste buds back a little bit. Like they're there. I can now for, um, the audience, I can now decipher between having sparkling water and regular water before oh, interesting. I had no idea if one was sparkling and one was cold or um, just regular water. So really? I'm finally getting that back, which I'm really great. And unfortunately um, now my mom has COVID thanks to me. Wow. That's, I hate to hear that. And how, uh, how are her symptoms? You know what? She sounded really, really bad and she's boosted just like I was. So today when I called her, she sounded way better. So I'm, she's more concerned, you know, because there's a lot of news outlets out there. And we talked, you know, you talked about entertainment for Fox news about the long-term effects on COVID patients. And I don't know if they, there's a lot of information backing it up, but she's honing in on some of that. So she's a little concerned with, with the, um, the long-term effects. Okay. Wow. That's, you know, this thing is still out there, right? It's just, it's still out there. So, you know, without going into too much detail, I would just, you know, advise our listeners, wear a mask. Wear a you know, mask. Um, you know what else the good thing about wearing a mask? Because we saw over the past couple of years, fewer people got colds and just other, other kinds of sicknesses. So, you know, those masks are pretty good and you don't have to see people with green stuff in their teeth either. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> full circle, full circle. So I know the big news was my COVID and, but the bigger news is what's happening right now in regards to the hearing surrounding the oh. insurrection. So oh my God, these hearings. this is where I need. So most of the time, um, Myron provides me information. I do read, I try to gather as much data as I possibly can in my life, but Myron has the greatest gift 
to take all that information, siphon through it, and present a reasonable explanation and insightful thought process on what's happening so that I don't get lost in the weeds. So this segment <laughs> is called Fill Jennifer In with What's Happening with That. <laughs> that, that is great. That is great. So, I, so the hearings, or as I am calling them, um, the insurrection, the January 6th insurrection hearings, season one. Um, that makes that makes it easier for people to understand. Like you know, you put it in Netflix or you know Hulu terms, people really get it. So today, like today's hearing just finished. So it's two, it's um, this was episode two, season one, episode two today, and there are there are I think four more, four or five more episodes. They haven't decided, but what the hearings are is the Congressional Special Committee investigating. Um, what happened with the 2020 election that led to the insurrection of those um, thugs and rioters who took over the Capitol. And so they they have gotten all the, uh, the videos, the text messages, the emails, everything from prior to November 3rd's voting all the way through December, all the way through January, all the way on the day that the riot started. And they've been showing very methodically through uh, witnesses, through uh, Trump's and Pence's uh, staffs and, and them under oath, right? They got those people under oath on video talking about everything that led up to it. And, and, and it's, what, it's what all normal people know except Fox News viewers, because Fox News tells bullshit and lies, that they knew they lost. They knew they knew they were going to lose because all the indications, indicators coming from all the early voting was telling them they're going to lose. And then on election night, they knew they lost and they were telling the Trump people and Trump himself, you've lost, like you've lost. And they were, and then he was trying to tell them, no, do other things like, invalidate the the um election officials in all these key states and they and they were telling them the lawyers the counselors the professors all telling them you have no constitutional legal basis to do all these things but it didn't matter it didn't matter and even though they were telling and they have all this on tape they have it on video they have it on text they have it on emails <clears throat> even though they were telling them that half of them then went would go on TV and say something else. Oh. And they have it down to the minute, Jen, of, of them telling them and then Trump going on TV and not just his staff. Then I think about it that even his daughter, his daughter, lover, Ivanka, even her, they have them all on video saying, no, they were telling him this is you can't do this. And then he would go on TV and say, oh, it's all up to Mike Pence. If he just does this, even though he knew it was a lie. And it didn't matter because once he started doing that, it got that crowd so riled up and they have it down to the minute. Him saying this, him tweeting this, then the crowd saying this. And finally, that crowd saying, hang Mike Pence. They put up the gallows, kill Mike Pence. We're going to we're going to get Pelosi with a scalper. Like, I don't know what their fixation is with her hair. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. And, and kill them. And they showed their weapons and how they were. It just is bonkers how they were using, you know, they had sharpened the, the end of the flags, flagpoles. 
And they were like, yeah, we get them. And then they show insight after, after Congress had to scatter because they had overtaken the Capitol that Mike Pence, they got to within 40 feet of Mike Pence before they, they hurried him out of there. And, and then they have the video of some of the Congress, uh, some of the, a couple of Republican congressmen giving um, reconnaissance tours the day before on the 5th and taking them to the bowels of the Capitol and showing them where all the entry points and all these different hallways and all it, it is it, it's incredible like it was really a big effort and and then they even they had the video and the and the audio and what Pence's chief of staff and all these people saying you know they were hiding in the bowels of the Capitol in a secure location and then how the Secret Service wanted to get him out of there and Mike Pence was like oh hell no I'm not getting in the car with you mofos and his his personal guard detail was like well you know me you know we trust each other and Mike Pence was like I know you but I don't know the driver and he wouldn't get in the car what the hell so what so how many days do you think this trial will be um, so it's not a trial, it's a hearing, hearing yeah. but what's, but what's important about it is the justice department who is also is separate from this, who is also investigating and they're the ones that could bring criminal charges. They are also watching this. They have already requested all the documents that this committee has been able to get. And so it adds to the mounting evidence of the illegality of what not just Trump, but many of his people were doing, and they're the ones that were bringing criminal charges. And so back to your question, the committee has said that this will end by the end of this month. Wow, okay. It will end, it will end by the end of this month. And you're talking, they're getting viewers to the level that goes beyond the like NFL, which is always the most viewed things in America, because America is, is NFL football obsessed. You're talking 20, more than 20 million people watching these hearings, and it's being shown live everywhere except fox news <laughs> oh what except fox news they even got fox people fox tv people like hannity they're also they got their tweets and their emails and their text messages saying please tell them to stand down you gotta get meaning him meaning trump you gotta get him to stop these people you know all this stuff and it's all they got it all so it really is it really is historical because we have not lived in an America that uh, was close to losing its democracy. Like we never lived through that. Like oh. that was a part of the 1800s that led to the Civil War, and it's never really happened to this level ever since. And so, but now you're talking not just you know 20 or 30 million people, 100 million people, however many people there were back then, but you're talking 300 million people, and you're talking a major you know, global military power, and you're talking the what should be the most protected uh, city and buildings in the world, but a bunch of yahoos from around the country, and let's be honest, mostly white men took it over oh. and were threatening to kill the vice president, the speaker, the incoming president and vice president, this is what happened. And we saw it with our own eyes. They took over the Capitol, something that should have been so protected, and it wasn't at all. It wasn't at all. And so, you know, this committee, they've been playing out what would happen, like, if, if, if that happened. Now you have a country 
on the brink. And you know what? This is what sometimes Americans don't understand. There's nobody coming to America's help. Nope. Like there's no outside assistance that's going to come and say, we're going to help you restore democracy. Democracy. There's no America out there that's going to come in and put a military here and get free and fair elections set up. That's not going to happen. There is no country that's going to say, let's go help them. Nope. That's not going to happen. So you're talking complete anarchy. And it's not it's not hype, hyperbolic to say it's literally the end, the end of this country. It's not because there's no help. And as a matter of fact, not only is not no help, there's countries that are salivating at the prospect of this whole thing imploding. Wow. And why would they be why would they be salivating at, at, at this imploding to your words? Because um, America or the United States of America, because we say America, but really America is the entire Americas, but really the United States of America, for all the good we do in the world, we do a lot of damage. Like our military, our spy apparatus, our economic powerhouse, we do a lot of damage. And so, and we have all these weapons and this military and everything. And we're, we have military presence in like a hundred nations. And there are, are nations that would love to see us fail. And, you know, you could debate whether it's justified or not. But when you start seeing some of the damages that we have done around the world, you go, well, there's no one that's going to help us. Like we are on our own, even though our country through not, not so much our military, even though there's some of that, but our country through our, our the, the money and the medicine and the food and those type of things that we export, those things matter around the world. And so you get, but we do that in smaller countries, but the countries that are, our peer countries, even though we help them as well, they're not coming to our defense. They're not. That's why everybody was just watching. They were just watching. Like, there's nothing you can do. If this country implodes, there's no help. And so, so this hearing is exposing not only the attempt to overthrow the government, right, and overthrow free and fair elections, but to end free and fair elections without any plans after that. Like, what comes after that? Do you just get up and go to work the next day? Like, what comes wow. after that? And they're exposing what they were saying comes after that. They, they were, um, and this, and more will come out about, about martial law, about stopping elections until this whole voter fraud nonsense can be worked out. And that is exactly how countries go into dictatorships, where someone comes into power and says, everything is unfair, so there's no voting until we can work it out. And then that Working out peace never comes to fruition. Oh my God. Yeah, it's a mess. So these hearings are historical because we could see live how things uh, disintegrate and how it doesn't take a whole lot. And that's one of the reasons that, that American presidents and scholars uh, all say that American democracy, they call it um, the experiment of American democracy because it still isn't finished. It still isn't the best it can be. And we know that. Like we know we make it hard for people to vote. We know um, state by state, we make it hard for people to vote and we don't make it mandatory to vote and you know, all these other things. And so it was all at risk. And this, this, this committee, this hearing is trying to, not trying, they are doing a very effective job of showing people just 
how fragile it is. And if you're not interested, you should be, be not you, but the American public, because there was a very real attempt to undo it all. All, all to service one crazy madman, right? That one crazy guy. Wow. And they got his people, they got his chief of not his chief of staff, they got his counselors, his um, they got his lawyers, they got the vice president's lawyers, they got Republican judges and legal, they got Republicans to come in and say, yes, he lost, he knew he lost, we told him he lost, and there's there's no disputing that. And it was illegal, it's not constitutional, and there's no basis for all the claims he was making. And even his people who have been on Fox News and media agreeing with him, they got them under oath on camera saying, nah, it was all bullshit. Damn. So what, I mean, so then, okay, so this hearing happens. What's, what are we looking to have happen with this hearing? Like, does it go to the yes. next step? What happens? Yes. So then the next step is, uh, is, two, is two sides of the, uh, is two areas of next step. So one is this committee finishes their hearings and they they do not have Congress doesn't have the power to do uh, criminal referrals or anything like that. They can Congress can use this to strengthen laws, federal laws. But importantly, they are getting all the documentation out because the Department of Justice, this is the important part, the Department of Justice is the one, the ones who do federal investigations, and they're the ones who can uh, indict, charge for crimes, try and get people in the jail. That's what they, that's what they do. So that's, a, that's what this is doing. So you could almost look at it like um, in a city, a grand jury, you can almost look at it like that. The information is presented to the grand jury and the grand jury then says, yes, you have enough to indict. And then the district attorney decides they're going to file charges. It's, it's very similar to that, but just on a federal scale. Wow. So, OK. And then after that, we I mean, because ultimately. What are we, what's at risk right now? And then what's the reward when it's all said and done? Um, so, so the risk is that um, you you push so much doubt into the electoral process that people don't believe anything, and we saw that. So, there's still a significant portion of the country that that, and let's be honest, it's Republicans, and then let's be double honest, most Republicans are white people. Like, yeah, like it's not partisan or racist to say that. It's just it's just a fact that they don't believe it. So we see it, it just happened in New Mexico with the midterms in New Mexico, the Republican um, electoral commissioner said, uh, we don't believe these votes because they lost. That's it, they lost. And so the secretary of state who's, who's a Democrat is saying, you know, you need to certify these votes. So you, you create this scenario where anytime Republicans lose, they, can, they say it, it's cheating and it's fraud and there's no, actual evidence of that. So that that disrupts the country and you 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 give people um, false information to make them question elections. And why that's important is we're headed towards the 24, 2024 presidential elections. And then you have, you want to establish that no, the elections are fair because now you have a whole side that doesn't believe elections are fair. And so you recreate this scenario over and over. 
and it only gets worse. So you got to, it's not nipping it at the bud. Like it's, you got to fix this because you can't have people not having confidence that the elections are fair when they're absolutely fair. And that group, the same group that is saying that was unfair, many of those people ran for office in these midterms around the country. And as long as they're winning, they're saying, okay, everything is fine. That's, that's the mess. And so then, so you have to fix that because you can't have 200 years of precedent and say, well, all of a sudden, you know, it's not fair because I lost. Right. (laughs) You have a, you have a fit about it. Yes. Yeah. You you just have a fit about it. So, um, and you don't have to agree on policy, policy, on politics, on taxes. You don't have to agree on any of that stuff. The only thing you have to agree on is when you vote, your vote is counted. That's all you have to agree on. That's it, right? Okay, that, that that's sounds it. easy. Yep, that's all you have to agree on. And a not all, but a significant portion of Republicans do not, they backed away from that very basic agreement that when you vote, your vote is counted, that, that very basic agreement. And they're using falsehoods to support their information. And they don't have to prove anything. Like they don't have to prove that the votes are wrong. They don't have to prove that. They just have to say, I don't agree with it. That's it. Wow. That's it. And so, you know, there's old scientific um, mantra that says, you know, science isn't about whether you agree or not. It's just, you look at the information and the information will tell you what the information tells you. So if I say right now, it's Thursday and the sun is shining here in Sacramento, California, and you say, no, it's not. I can't, there's nothing I can say to prove to you that you're wrong. It's just, you got to look outside. It's just, here it is. And wow. if you just say, I just refuse to, I refuse to accept what you're telling me. <laughs> then the science says, you know what? I can't prove a negative. I can only say, you know, it is sunny. And then the news job is to say, and this is the problem we have with the, with the news media. The news media would then say, well, some people disagree with what Myron's saying. No, that's not, that's not it. Myron is saying that it's sunny outside in Sacramento on Thursday. That is the undisputed truth. <laughs> and the, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. But you can't both size stuff like that. So we've entered into that that realm of, of nonsense. And so we got to move, uh, the country has to move beyond that type of um, both sideism because there's no both sides to facts and truth. There's only both sides to things that can be disputed. You could, you could dispute whether or not um, um, someone was fouled in a basketball game. You could dispute that. Like, that's just subjective. You just have an opinion, but you don't have an opinion that, you know, it's sunny or that the earth is round. That's not an opinion. That's just a fact. That's just a fact. All you flat earthers. <laughs> yeah. God damn those fat earthers. So anyway, so the hearings will end this month and they have said there's a lot more that's going to come out that hasn't previously been uh, shared. But, you know, after two of these sessions so far, I thought session one was remarkable, but today's was incredibly remarkable. It was the information he shared was remarkable. So I would advise our listeners, you know, go, you know, wherever you get your news, um, except for Fox, that's not news, they're registered as an entertainment company. So you're not going to get any good stuff there. But wherever you go, I would just say somewhere, you know, really neutral, like uh, PBS. Um, that's probably the most neutral. You can get it from the major networks, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS. Um, cable news, you get some bullshit, you know, 
uh, CNN and MSNBC, but you can go to PBS or even NPR. NPR is a little bit shady sometimes too, um, but you can get it. Yeah. Your local news probably give you the best, quite honestly. And do you, okay, so will anybody be arrested after all of this? I think that the, um, so, so yes, yes. The Department of Justice will issue, um, will, will issue arrest warrants that I believe that. Uh, now the question is, cause so right now they're just getting all the little people, right? And those are all those people that stormed the Capitol. Oh, so those idiot. people have been, you know, I think there's been over a thousand who have been arrested and sentenced and there's still more to go. Now, my criticism is that the sentencing has been too light, right? Most of them been getting, you know, three, six, nine months, that kind of stuff, some fines. So it's been very light. However, uh, it's very typical. You work your way. The Justice Department works his way up from the bottom. And so they've been working their way up with all the little people. They haven't gotten the bigger people who funded it, who planned it. and But a lot of those top mid-level people have been, they've been flipping already. Those Oath Keeper, Proud Boy, Patriot Front, 3% assholes, all those guys, those guys, those leaders of those groups, they've already been flipping and providing information, right? So then you get, once you get that mid-level tier, then after that, you go for the top level. So it's very similar how they do um, uh, uh, organized crime. You get those little guys on the bottom, you start eventually working your way up to the top because once you get those mid-level guys, those top guys got nowhere to go. So, so yes, yeah, so I think there will be, the question will be how high will it go? And I don't know. I don't, I, I you know, I wrote a blog that, that Donald Trump will never go to prison. I, I wrote a blog about that and I still believe that because the American mechanism, legal system, does not have a way to put an American president in prison and it wouldn't do it even if it could because America will never perp walk a president in front of the world and put him in jail. That's just not going to happen. Now, if it was President Obama, they would find a way because he was wow. black. Let's be honest. But you're not going to get one of these white guys and perp walk him to prison. Now, the most you would get is like a suspended sentence, maybe. But the people underneath him um, who were um, uh, government employees those people are the ones who are most at risk. His advisors, his legal counsel, um, those are the ones. So, but I don't think you would see that until maybe about this time next year because the Department of Justice moves very, very, very slowly. They move very slowly. So you wouldn't see that for another year. Now, they're going to use, they've already requested all the documents from this hearing, the hearings that are going on right now, but these hearings finish at the end of the month. So we may start seeing the tip of those mid-level people start being referred for criminal complaints, maybe around November, December is, is, is my best guess. And I'm just basing that on just an observer of politics and the legal system. This is not, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know anything about all that shit, but just um, having observed this stuff over the years. That's how that it, it would fit the schedule of how they eventually start getting those Richard Nixon people back in the early 70s for Watergate. Wow. So you I mean you're confident, you're thinking for sure someone's gonna get arrested. It's just not gonna be a president. Yes, that, that, that's that's yeah. right. And yeah, I'm just basically the president that I don't see all those powerful white men taking down a former president, putting him in jail. That's not gonna happen. Got it. Damn, that's not gonna happen, bad. right? I mean, because Donald Trump's been a criminal for forty years. Yeah, and, yeah, preach, right? Even and not just him. I mean, all those, you know, when when all those 
all those CEOs destroyed, you know, the housing market back in, you know, George Bush's, none of those fuckers went to prison. Aww. You know, it's very, it's very rare you get, you know, wealthy business people in prison. And now you add wealthy business president. That ain't happening in America. Damn. Yeah, that, 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 that not happening. So anyway, yeah. So anyway, so there's a few more of these sessions. Um, uh, today is Thursday. There's one. The next one is on Tuesday. So you're watching this like I be like I watched the staircase. Like it just absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> what? So what is the staircase about? That's that real life crime thing. It, there was a documentary on Netflix uh, about a gentleman that claimed that his wife fell down the stairs and oh, yes. yeah then she he had another incident with a previous wife and so uh tony collette and colin firth i think his name is i god don't shoot me if that's not his name but uh it is they did a, a mini series of it on hbo max and wowzers it was it, really it really was good, good. It was really good. But I will tell you this. I'm going to give you credit because, you know, you've had some hit and misses with some TV shows that you've recommended. I mean, let's not even get to to that hand gesture one. I don't even remember what that was, the (laughs) circle or something. Um, That one was horrible. So the um, watching hacks. So yes oh my God, everybody get on the hack list because I'm telling you uh, every character in that show is phenomenal they are funny it is well acted the storyline's amazing and there is an assistant on there that fucking just cracks uh, me up it is the best right like g-smart it, it, yeah, oh, first of all yeah you're right that assistant is bonkers i don't know if she's like i don't know if she's supposed to be high or drunk or just like out of her mind but she is hilarious it's so great and i'm telling you so you know me i'm a big ted lasso is probably my favorite comedy this is right up there with it i'm telling you i was i couldn't watch it fast enough <laughs> i told you it's so good yeah and i think wait, no, it's two it's two seasons right two seasons and that, i don't know if they're doing a third they haven't Recon- they haven't confirmed that a third's going to start because I think season two just ended. Ah, uh, yes, I wish. I hope there's another one because it's it's funny because G Smart is obviously brilliant, and yes. then the other co-star lady, um, she was the hardest part for me to get into the show because she's so unlikable. Like she's just unlikable. Oh my and god! And she got nominated, I think, for like three or four Emmys or something like that, or the show did. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's good at the show, and I. I mean, she's just an unlikable character. Although, you know, she started, like, I started to like her character more, but I'm firmly on the Gene Smart side with all her assistants and how she just, like, completely berates them. And she doesn't give a fuck about any of them. It, it's it's wonderful. At all. And she kept making fun of her hands. So, because she said that she had big hands. And what really cracked me up through it is through the entire series, there was some joke about her hands. Like, hey, can you catch that? I'm sure you can, you know, like with her hands and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm telling you, it is so great. So a hundred out of a hundred recommendation on watching that for sure. Okay. You know, I have a recommendation because um, this is my, uh, I have two Pride Month recommendations. Ooh. So one is Fire Island on Netflix. And it is a... I think it's sort of a rom-com and it's mostly 
gay Asian males and they go to an island for like a summer, like, um, I guess Fire Island. And I don't, I don't know if it's true. And I, I guess I could have investigated before this call, but I didn't. Uh, a summer, like party animal for gay people and uh, a party location for gay people. And so they go and they have a friend who has a house that Margaret Cho, as a matter of fact, she's like the house mom. And she has a house there and these five, maybe six gay men go um, and just all kind of relationship stuff happens, right? And so it gets silly. And there, there are a couple of stereotypes, like there is one black gay guy, but he doesn't really have the love interest arc um, as some of the other guys. And that's sort of a trope. But overall, you know, you don't get to see um, Asian gay men in romantic um, movies. They're usually the funny sidekick kind of deal. And so, you know, it was just, it's pretty raunchy. Like the jokes are raunchy. The, there's some sex scenes. And, and it's just sort of there. Now, I'm saying this as a, as a cis man, that it was entertaining to me. I don't know. And I'm not speaking for um, the LGBTQI plus community, if it is. And I haven't looked up any reviews, but I enjoyed it. It's funny. It's silly, and it was very lighthearted. And I think I think the main star is—I don't know his name—but he's on Saturday Night Live, uh, and he's pretty funny in the show. So that's one. It's on Hulu, and it's a movie. And then two is there's a Netflix special, or not Netflix special, Netflix series uh, called uh, First Kill. Oh. And so it's like it's a vampire family, and there's a vamp- and there's a monster hunting family, and. And sort of like the Romeo and Juliet vibes where a young, a teenage vampire girl, and then she's part of this heritage of vampires and she's coming into her own. And then um, she's, and she's white. And then the vampire hunters are black. And then their daughter, she's in training to become a vampire hunter. And so the two girls meet in high school. And then sort of this Romeo and Juliet kind of deal, they have this forbidden forbidden love affair right and it's pretty interesting because there's a lot of dynamics it's sort of cheesy there's like eight episodes but it's also really good and you have you know sort of you have the racial undertones but really it's really you get into these girls who are um, lesbians and they have this love affair right but it's not made a bigger deal that they're lesbians there's no coming out the families don't make a big deal out of it it's just taken as a matter of fact. Oh, I like that. Yes. And that was the best thing about it. It's like, there's no big plot points about whether one is or one isn't or whether they can do this or shame or none of that. It's just a matter of fact. And all the family members on both sides, is that's not a big deal. And so, awesome. yes. And then now they're teenagers. And, and I'm sure they're, these women playing these roles are not teenagers. But they have, uh, there's no overt sex, but there's a lot of what the, when I was a kid, he used to call heavy petty, which is a really scary term. But um, yeah, so it's, it's a pretty, it's, it's a pretty good series. It's sort of hokey at parts, but the mythology is there and the special effects are low, you know, they're Netflix quality, but it's a pretty good show. Okay. I mean, I'll keep that in mind. I'm, I'm finishing, yeah. I'll finish severance on apple tv which is yes. whoa that is whoo child i mean ben stiller's the director and it's roseanne it's um patricia arquette 
and oh, she okay. is yeah i love her she was in I a she was the in the, a show called the medium on like a regular scripted show on i think it was nbc i just really like her and the idea the concept of this is just the they insert something to your head that your brain only works for work when you're at work and when you leave work you have no idea what you did at work so um it's the true definition of work-life balance but so it's a little creepy and it's really good the acting's really phenomenal so i'm i think i'm on episode five and i think there's nine so i'll give a final a synopsis when uh, i complete the series i love it and what are you doing uh, this weekend as we wrap it up here this weekend is just come some errands and I've got Father's Day on Sunday. So as long as my dad is feeling great and doesn't catch the, the vid from my mom, I'll be over there enjoying the pool and hanging out. And so you're the dad in this group. What are you doing for Father's yes. Day? Um, me and my daughter, we used to keep it very simple. Um, and we usually, our days don't usually change. Like the most we're going to do is probably get some cupcakes and then I will... I will, she will let me dictate what we watch on TV or what, what little errands we run. Like, you know, <laughs> I want to walk to the ice cream store or something like that. And so she will not put up as big a fight. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice of her. Because are you yeah. celebrating? Because for those, I mean, we don't, uh, we will be talking after the fact, but your birthday is next Wednesday. So will you combine both celebrations? Uh, most likely, yes. Like she will... She usually gives me a couple of small gifts on Father's Day and then someone on my birthday. She'll save them for my birthday as well. And she asked me this. She asked me just the other day, what do you want for your birthday and Father's Day? And I was like, I need a new plant for my room and I need a new skeleton. She was like, you are so boring. <laughs> <laughs> I know I like her for a reason. I, and I'm like, because I need nothing. Like, give me some comic books. Like, I don't need anything. But if you want to, then this kind of deal. So, yeah, you know, yeah. So we'll spend our time together. And um. So, Jen, where can people reach you? You can find me on Jen Van Lannen, V-A-N-L-A-A-N-E-N, Veg, V-E-G, on Instagram. I love it. And I can be found at MyronClifton.com on Twitter, um, DearDean.com in my blog. I'm on Medium. You can find me on Medium. Um, I write there. Um, Check out my Amazon profile. All my novels and books are there. And um, I'm probably on some other social media stuff. If you see me, just say hi. Uh, and shout out to uh, you, Jen. I hope your parents um, or your mom, but I'm, figured, I'm thinking your dad might get it too. I hope they're doing okay. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. See you guys next week. Stay shallow. Booyah. Booyah.